2: Now, this is a serious question. If a jet does not take off, it never leaves the runway, is it a jet? Because the NFL version of the Jets never, never taxied for a takeoff there. That was... Welcome in the beginning of the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere. The vast Fox Sports Radio Network emanating live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Just visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Well, that was doo-doo, is what that was. Another fine primetime game, lacking competition, and if you were expecting a competitive game in Monday Night Football, uh, you were a loser and a sucker. And a Rube. Uh, New England wasting no time. You saw the game, you know this. They just suffocated their AFC East. I say rivals, but they're not even really rivals there. Tom Brady, the beneficiary of a lot of short field situations. Very generous, very generous quarterback of the Jets, Sam Darnold, who had one of the historically bad performances in the history of of the NFL. That was a Peterman spectacular. Is that what that was? In fact, I read somewhere I don't I'm not a I don't play fantasy every week anymore, but Sam Darnold is the 10th player this century to have minus 6 fantasy points or worse in a game. He was that horrific. And his contemporaries are players like John Kitna uh, who hasn't played in a long time? I think he's coaching with the Cowboys. Nathan Peterman back in 2017. Rex Grossman, the notorious John Skelton. Grossman's actually on this list twice, and Alex Smith is on this list. Who? So, congratulations to Sam Darnold. You have put yourself in rarefied air. It ended up 33 to nothing. 33 to nothing was the final. And plausibly, a professional football team practiced all week to lose 33 to nothing in a primetime game. So the Patriots are now 7 and 0 and have already started. I think they have a bye week next week and then the week after that and then the week after that. It seems like every week's the bye week for the Patriots. But let's discuss the big takeaways from the Patriots. Blowout win, the latest blowout win for the Patriots. It's insane here. Uh, you've got. The Marshmallow Man, The Orchestrator, and The Gong Show. And we will combine all these things uh, together and we'll connect them. It's like Connect Four, except this is Connect Three. Now, first of all, I, I don't know that stunning is the right adjective. I'm trying to find the right word here to sum this up. All we have is words. We don't have pictures on the radio. Um, but it wasn't surprising. Like I, I Normally, I take the underdog in these games, but I, I took the Patriots. I just did not believe in the Jets at all. But watching this game, it is really an indictment, a referendum on Jason Garrett and the Dallas Cowboys that a week ago the Dallas Cowboys lost to that same Jets team. Now, I know every week is different and all that, but if I owned the Cowboys, I would call Jason Garrett into the office and say, what the F? I mean, what the hell? It's like they haven't even played football before. And when they play the Patriots, and then you guys, you lost to this team? It also looks bad on Dak Prescott. It's unbecoming of Dak Prescott, who's trying to get paid all that money. But the New York NFL franchise that wears green should be put in quarantine because it looks like they have a case of gangrene or the scarlet fever or something. I mean, the the very basics of football seem to be a problem. Blocking and tackling, and throwing the ball to your own team and not the other team, Uh, Sam Darnold ran around there like a lost puppy dog at the dog park, and he's like, who are these other dogs? I don't know who these other dogs are. What's going on with that? Now, it was obviously a take-your-medicine situation. Now, most amazingly, Sam Darnold, the moment that this game will be known for, you know, we forget most of these games. I, I think you know that by now. There's very few games that stand out. Uh, very few games that stand out, especially during the regular season. It all gets lost in a haze by the end of the year. But this game will go down in infamy as the ghost game for Sam Darnold. If you did not see it, uh, you can't forget. This is I remember when I was younger, Jim Everett had a game, the Rams quarterback against the 49ers where he did a little dance, and uh, no one would allow him to forget that, the happy dance. Uh, Sam Darnold is now – it's, it's – I don't think it's at the the same level as another former Jets quarterback with the butt fumble, Mark Sanchez. But it's in that category. Let's go to the audio tape. Caught mic'd up, Sam Darnold commenting on what it was like out
5: there. When I when I talk to the coaches, I just got to be, you know, straight up. And you know, for me, um, I just got to see the field a lot better. That's kind of what that means. And yeah, um, you know, just it was. It was a rough day out there. Rough night out there and obviously I got to be better and learn from the mistakes. Uh but we we will get better.
2: Now do we have that drop? I was hoping we would play the drop before we played that. But it, but Bo the show who's in for Coop who's off uh, yet again. Uh do you have uh Roberto, do you happen to have by chance the drop of Sam Darnold mic'd up on Monday Night Football saying in a moment of clarity what it was like playing against the Patriots defense? Do we have that. All right, here we go. Seeing ghosts. Yeah. It's very short. Right there. Play it again. Play it again. Seeing ghosts. Yeah. Two words. Seeing ghosts. Seeing
6: ghosts.
2: Yeah. I see ghosts or seeing ghosts is is what he said. So who are you going to call? Now, my advice is to Dan Aykroyd's still alive and and Bill Murray's still alive. They're old guys now. Hire those guys. They couldn't do any worse than Adam Gase as coach of the Jets, and I'd get rid of Fireman Ed. Uh, he's dopey anyway, and bring in the marshmallow man, the Stay puff Marshmallow Man, and put him out there. Saying that Sam Darnold was bad is like saying an 8.0 earthquake is just a small shaker. Uh, It's the same thing. I mean, it is the tornado. It is the hurricane. It is the tsunami. It is craptastic is what Sam Darnold—I mean, I'm flogging a dead horse, or in this case, a dead quarterback— at this particular point, but I, I just, you know, I spent some time and we, we only have limited time in life. We're all going to die eventually here. And someday I'll be on my deathbed and I'll say, How did you spend that one night? Oh, I watched Sam Darnold play quarterback for the Jets.
6: Seeing ghosts.
2: Yeah. Can I, I'll be seeing ghosts at that particular point there. But Sam Darnold, he had four interceptions. He lost a fumble. He bobbled a snap, leading to a safety when he kicked the ball out of the end zone. And that was just the beginning. You want overthrown passes? Check. You want bounce passes? Check. You got that. You name it in a negative context, context and it happened. I mean, that was a – I've been to peewee football games that were played more competitive than that. Uh, I have. I, you know, you're about seeing ghosts. I. You know, spoiler alert, the players that were intercepting the passes for the Patriots were not ghosts. They were human beings, flesh and blood.
6: Seeing ghosts.
2: Yeah, and all that. That's yeah, unreal. I mean, Sam Darnold finished completing 34% of his passes for 86 yards. He attempted 34 passes in, and had 86 yards passing. He averaged 2.7 yards per attempt. He only, only sacked one time, but four interceptions, the lost fumble, And a quarterback rating, which I don't recall ever seeing it this low. I know there's probably been some that I don't remember right now. 3.6 was his passer rating. Now, I pointed this out on social media, but if you take every snap and you walk back a couple of steps and spike the ball into the ground and kill some bugs, you will have a passer rating of 39.6 at the end of that game. Every single snap you take, you just pass the ball down in the dirt, you will have a better passer rating by 36 than Sam Darnold had in this game. And it, it reminded me of when I was a, a kid and I used to watch these videos, these super-duper football follies videos, which I loved, and all the bloopers and all that. The Jets had all of that. They had the fumbles. They had the drop passes, the interceptions, the deflected, the bobbled passes, the players slipping and falling. Um, they had the mascot, Fireman Ed, who looked depressed on TV. They, I, I don't know. Did Sam Donald line up behind the guard instead of the center? That might have been the only thing the Jets did not do. That would have been in that video uh, back in the day. It was disorganized. It was dysfunction junction. It was all that. Upside down. And uh, Sam Darnold, who looked pretty good in the first half against the Cowboys, didn't actually do much in the second half last week against the Cowboys, but this was... Suck suck, 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 suck. That's right. We, we knew going in the Jets had one player that scares anybody that gives anybody the heebie-jeebies, and that's Le'Veon Bell. And it, it turns out that you can unring the bell. Uh, and this is, you know, we often say, and we use that phrase, you cannot unring the bell, Your boy, you're doomed. Once you ring a bell, you just got to let it go out. You can't unring the bell. Well, Sam Darnold, who had one option here, really one legit, Le- Le'Veon Bell, he had 70 yards on 15 carries, which I, doesn't sound that bad. Uh, Yeah, I averaged 4.7 yards a carry. Most meaningless 4.7 yards a carry in the history of the NFL for good old Le'Veon Bell, who caught one pass for six yards. So he had 76 total yards and obviously didn't get in the end zone because nobody wearing a Jets uniform got in the end zone. Now, secondly, Bill Belichick. He had a couple of more days to prepare for the Jets because remember the last cream puff the Patriots ate was the Giants and that was the Thursday night game and I had a feeling that he was going to not get caught napping. Uh, Belichick doesn't have any hobbies other than emasculating opposing coaches. This matchup of coaches... And we've seen this in Miami, and somehow the Dolphins occasionally would beat the Patriots. The Patriots have historically, although not now, it's impossible because the Dolphins are so bad, would take a week off in Miami on South Beach and have a wonderful vacation and not play very well against the Dolphins, typically. Um, and I think they won the first game this year against Miami 43 to nothing. But Adam Gase, the other side, is uh, he's crazy eyes, right? This is a gigantically lopsided matchup here. You've got Belichick, the genius of geniuses, the Mensa of football, and on the other side, the village idiot uh, in in Adam Gase, the offensive genius whose teams play like their shoelaces are tied together. And the Jets had 65 yards of offense at halftime. 65 yards of offense at halftime for the Jets. And they did a little better in the second. Now, they finished with 154 total net yards. An average of less than 2.9 yards per play. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard to be that incompetent. Well, here is Adam Gase commenting on the story of the day. Here, the ghost Casper, the friendly ghost in the room, is quarterback admitting that he is seeing things that aren't there. You know, when we go back and look at this, he's he's not going to be happy. Um, he
5: probably was feeling feeling like guys were coming free when they might not have been. Um, you know it's it's tough. That's what playing against these guys. If you don't you don't pick some of this
2: stuff up early, they're going to keep bringing it. and They're going to find different ways to bring it, bring it, and then it's just going to get bad from there. And which it did. You know the weird thing about this, you say a thirty three nothing game. The Patriots could have played much better uh, offensively, I and mean, that's the odd. I mean they didn't exactly light the world on fire. Now part of that is because they had a short field, and they did. Overall, put on a clinic, but Tom Brady, the orchestrator, but he was not spectacular. He finished with a very pedestrian passer rating. He did average less than seven yards per attempt by a lot. He averaged 5.5 yards per attempt, which is not very good uh, at all. And the Patriots did not exactly run the ball very well. Now, the numbers are skewed a little bit because the Patriots were in the victory formation the entire fourth quarter. But still, they averaged 2.2 yards on the ground. And, you know, again, some of that because of the end of the game. And the Patriots were playing downhill. Uh, that helps. Sony Michel, this guy's like a vulture. This, this Sony Michelle here, you, you only had 42 yards, averaged the 2.2 yards per carry, but had three touchdowns, three short touchdown runs for Sony Michelle there in the backfield, and I, I get it. Listen, the, the Patriots are winning this game. these games. are 7-0. The cupboards are bare. They're devoid of elite playmakers. I mean, the, the first part of the game, I'm like, wait, he's throwing to Dorsett and Jacoby Myers. And in uh, I know in L.A. there's a billboards all over L.A. for Jacoby Myers, which is a law firm in Los Angeles. They put billboards up all over. <laughs> you talk about a murderer's row of playmakers, it doesn't matter. Now it doesn't matter when you play the Jets. You got to think at some point there will be an equal. If the Patriots are going to play down the line, and they're going to have to find a way to get a playmaker in there that can get some separation, they don't have that. Now the final thought: so Adam Gase should be fired. I heard Jason earlier who also uh, said that as the Jets uh, apologist, the houseman for fired. the Jets that he is. But I mean, this is a guy, an example of a guy that rode the coattails of Peyton Manning. And in Denver, and they, because Peyton Manning had success with the Broncos, shout out Geyer Clinic. Uh, Peyton played very well in Denver, and you know, fifty-five touchdowns and all that. Adam Gase gravy trained on Peyton Manning and has had a career as a head coach, but it's it's he was exposed with the Dolphins, and now he's yet again been exposed with the Jets, and this guy's a total fraud. He's a charlatan is what he is. And, I mean, I'm sure he's a nice enough guy and all that. He seems like he's a little bit crazy with the crazy eyes and all that. But, I mean, h- how long do you continue here? Uh, and, you know, who the hell's in charge of the Jets? I, I don't even know. I know they got the Johnson & Johnson brothers and all that. But doesn't Adam Gase have to be put on notice? This is a horribly coached football team. And if this was the Gong show... Then they would have been kicked off the stage, Gong, uh, very early in the first quarter. They would have been taken off the stage uh, if, if this had been the Gong Show, because, and my goodness, horrifically bad. It's week seven. It's not week one or week two where you're still trying to feel each other out. It's they seventeen nothing at the end of the first quarter, and twenty four nothing at halftime, and in the garbage time in the in the second half. But, you know much like the gong show Sam darnold couldn't carry a tune on uh, on offense and the Jets got tuned and so the Patriots the class of the NFL we knew that before the Jets are like skunks they stink uh, they're not competitive most of the time overmatched in every phase and m- the most damning thing you can say about the Jets is they're gutless they didn't compete they didn't fight they showed no backbone Nobody said. Wait a minute, we're getting embarrassed here. We've got to do something about that. That never happened at any point. And you look at the the situation now, and you start peeking ahead. And I, I usually start peeking ahead around week eight. The Patriots have two games in hand over Kansas City, who does not have Mahomes likely for six weeks at least, maybe as many as eight weeks. Who knows? So, and everyone else in the AFC. I mean, you say well, Buffalo's five and one, so I guess they. Technically, are a threat, uh, but the other teams, like the Texans. Come on, they're they're a, a jokester. They're a, they're a yo-yo team, up and down. The Ravens, eh? Not buying them. Anyway, we'll take your phone calls. You want to talk about all this? The lines are open. And we will be flogging a dead coach in Adam Gase and the Jets here and Sam Darnold, the pride of USC, Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox, 877-996-6369. We're also on Twitter, at Ben Maller. That's at Ben Maller. You can be part of it. And is it time for an urban upgrade? We'll get to that. We will do it next.
1: Seeing ghosts. Uh-oh.
6: and stan we do over three whole episodes of our podcast becoming an icon
9: we're reminiscing as lifelong selena fans sharing hot takes and telling her story listen to becoming an icon on america's number one podcast network iheart open your free iheart app and search becoming an icon
2: you're about to get clipped and you don't even know it welcome in the beginning Of another hour, it's the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere. The vast Fox Sports Radio Network emanating live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Simply visit geico.com for a free rate quote. We'll get back to the Monday night game. We have... Analyze that ad nauseum, but maybe you weren't listening earlier. The New England Patriots get a 33 to nothing shutout over the New York Jets, which are plausibly an NFL team, although they didn't look like an NFL team uh, in that game. The Jets had 12 first downs, but really only eight because four of the 12 first downs came via penalty against the Patriots. And the Jets played an entire game, ran 53 plays, and had 154 yards of offense. Uh, They suck. Uh, they blow, they're terrible uh, and all that. So there's only so many different ways you can say that. And the Patriots, uh, you know, I don't even know how good the Patriots are because they haven't played anybody and they won't play anybody uh, for any time soon. Living the life of Riley, the New England Patriots who have another cupcake coming up, the Browns, that's the next game, so they'll be 8 and 0 at that particular point. And then you start looking down the line, you anybody think Lamar Jackson is going to dazzle against that Patriot defense. I don't... uh, The rest of that schedule... There's tougher teams that have more talent and actually are trying, which makes it difficult, but they still have games left against the Bengals and the Dolphins. I mean, my God. Anyway, but I want to change gears here because why is this a special day? It is the beginning of the 2019-2020 NBA season. The curtain is about to go up the really unofficial start of the basketball season because we all know when the real basketball season starts for many. But something odd has happened that we must discuss here, and I'm not sure if you're aware of what I'm talking about. No, I'm not going to focus on any of the games tonight per se. There are two games on the card, Toronto, the Raptors, Opening up as the champions of the NBA. They get that first game. That's the tradition. And they play the New Orleans Pelicans without Zion Williamson. More on that later. He's hurt. And the Battle of L.A., the second game, the Lakers and Clippers. And that's the second game in that doubleheader.
6: We love China. Uh, we love everything
2: you know, they're about. It's your NBA. Yeah. And uh, we learned this week that if you say anything about any of the players that's not basketball related, you are going to be in the crosshairs of NBA security. Bottom of the barrel writes in, he says, Ben, can you still boo at games in the in the NBA? Is there, is there, a, there safe spaces for the Pussy Willows? Uh, well, I do not believe you're allowed to boo at all. I don't think you're allowed to boo at all in <laughs> basketball. But the NBA community, when they're not endorsing communism, Uh, and doing that, the NBA community has endorsed the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, not just passively for winning the offseason, because everyone knows that they won the offseason, but the the NBA executives believe that this will translate into a trip to the promised land in the summer of 2020. The Los Angeles Clippers are the pick to win the 2019-2020 NBA title. (laughs) 46% 46% of NBA general managers said in their 18th annual NBA.com GM survey that the Clippers are their choice. These are people that run NBA teams. And they say that Kawhi Leonard, who's also selected by the GM as the offseason acquisition most likely to make the biggest impact. Kind of obvious. Uh, and they named him the league's best small forward, it is the first time in 14 years that someone other than LeBron James has gotten the most votes in that category. So it (laughs) shows you that Kawhi Leonard has passed LeBron by. So let's discuss. Now the question, how much stock should one put into the NBA executives' predictions for the upcoming season? Now, My thoughts, you've got meat and potatoes, the Twilight Zone, and the carrot. And we will tie all these things together. Now, A, typically, I would advise you to dismiss such bold predictions as poppycock. That's what I would tell you. But this is different. Now, I understand. Most people don't know crap from Shinola. Sounds better when you say the S word, but crap from Shinola. We're not allowed to say the S-word. Uh, but when, when it comes to basketball, it's different. The NBA has traditionally been a very predictable sport. I think we can all agree on that. That uh, They've done this 17 years prior, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would say 85 to 90% of the time, they either get the team in the finals or at worst... The team the NBA GM's pick loses in the NBA Finals. Uh, they had Golden State the last three years, and they obviously didn't win all three of those years, but they got to the Finals all three of those years. And if you look historically, they've been right most of the time in this GM offseason you know, survey thing that they come up with at NBA.com. They're usually not very far away because it's not hard. You know, it's, it's not a. It's kind of like you know betting on red or black in the roulette wheel. You got a pretty good chance. Now, sometimes green comes up. Sometimes green comes up and messes you up. But you you're, you're in a better spot there betting on red or black on the roulette wheel, or odd or even, something like that. Uh, but the Clippers should be invigorated. Uh, they they took a team that had a lot of great auxiliary players that played with grit and guts and guile, and tossed in the top player in the sport on top of that. How do you not like that? I mean, there's no dead weight on the team per se, and everyone seems to be trying to carry the the water up the hill at the same pace there. There's no clear weaknesses on the Clippers going into the year. Now, some of it will pop up. Surely players will get hurt, and players will not perform up to their ability. But right now... There's none of that. I mean, they look to be an elite defensive team. It certainly appears from the outside that that's going to be the meat and potatoes. They're going to be at least the top three defensive team, if not top two, top one, number one overall. And as I have seen in the NBA over the years, when you have the top defensive team, it does not guarantee that you're going to win. But shooting, you have an off night. Occasionally the Golden State Warriors, this great shooting team over the years, you know, some nights they just can't make a shot. And it's tough to, you know, win. Now they're actually, they've been a pretty good defensive team. That's maybe not a great example. But the point is that it's it's kind of like in baseball back when teams used to try to steal bases. The running game and defense in baseball travels well. In football, you hear defense travels well. Same thing in basketball. You play great defense. It doesn't matter. You can have an off-shooting night. But if the other team can't score or shoots a low percentage, you're in pretty good shape. Now part B of this as we talk here on fox sports radio so all of this positivity from the basketball media regarding the clippers the basketball media elite is troubling i'm bothered by this i'm annoyed by this i don't like it i it makes me very uncomfortable what's wrong with your clippers that's what i need to hear that's that's the kind of commentary I want to hear. This is
7: What is still wrong with the Clippers? This
2: is uncharted territory for me. I feel like I have moved into the twilight zone. And every man, woman, and child knows the Clippers have been the punching bag of the basketball media for years, the fodder of late-night comedians who used to goof on all things related to the to the you know world of, of pop culture. Now they just goof on President Trump. But back in the old days they used to talk about other things other than just the president and they would goof on the Clippers and things like that. They were belittled. They were mocked and and deserved to be mocked and belittled. They were an embarrassment and seen as a nuisance by the top teams in the NBA. But now, now the tables have turned, all of that's been tossed out the window, and it turned out that whole Lob City thing with Chris Paul throwing those sweet Passes to DeAndre Jordan for the hammer dunk and Blake Griffin. That was just the appetizer. This is the main course. Who knew this is the main course of the Clippers? That that was just the beginning of something bigger. And that they are about to embark on a trip down the yellow brick road through the land of Oz, of the NBA, and uh, the, the the place to be, the NBA Finals. Not to be in the NBA Finals. And they're setting themselves up to be in that situation. Now, the last word on this. So this is all made possible by the Kawhi effect. Kawhi Leonard, the cream of the crop, and he has, he's the one there that's the carrot on the stick that is leading all of these bold predictions and all of these these things, these nice platitudes that are being tossed out. Now, Paul George, he ain't even playing. He's out. He's injured. The other guy they picked up, He's like extra frosting on the cake. Now, I love frosting. And he's extra frosting on the cake there. <laughs> um, now, I- I would be surprised if the Clippers have the top record in the West. I want to go in saying that right now. The reason I don't believe they will have the number one seed in the Western Conference is because of two (coughs) words I despise, load management. And uh, I know they're saying all the right things and saying that Kawhi Leonard's not on any kind of restriction and everything's going to be okay and we're gung-ho and all that. I don't believe them. Uh, I believe ultimately when they start getting into the meat of the schedule, if there is such a thing as the meat of the schedule because they've changed it so much over the years with n- limiting the back-to-backs. But you do have to play back-to-back games. You have to play four games in five nights still. Not that often. Um, but but it, it does happen. Or you know, Four games in a week. Four games in six nights, guys complain about. So – uh, I don't believe I don't believe Leonard's going to play that much, and we know George is going to be out for at least a month, probably. So unless Lou Williams, Sweet Lou, Patrick Beverly, and Montrez Harrell can carry their weight, the Clippers are looking more realistically like a two or a three or a four seed in the West. But you would easily trade that as long as you are guaranteed. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are going to be hitting on all cylinders by the time the postseason comes around. Because it doesn't really matter. You're talking about one game, one home game, um, one extra home game. And as long as they're right, they can certainly outshine, although I've I've not been a big proponent of Paul George as a postseason player. I think he's often a fraud. But I certainly love uh, Kawhi Leonard's game in the postseason. He proved himself in Toronto. I had my doubts in San Antonio. I thought he was a product Of the Spurs system, but he he made me look like a donkey by going to Toronto and winning the NBA championship. Of course, it helped that everyone and their uncle on the Warriors got hurt at the most... (laughs) opportune time, but if these guys are right, I'm just trying to tell you, they're going to run circles around the NBA, and all you trolls, I know what you're going to say. I already have, I've already said this for years. Eventually, the Clippers are going to win a championship, and every Laker fanboy is going to say, well, check back when you win I 18. Ex- I already know the argument. I'm already prepared, but I've said this one Clipper championship is better than 18 Laker championships. It, 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 the path they've gone down to get there is uh, much more arduous than uh, the Lakers here, who are always all the top players want to play for the Lakers and all this. But th- this is by far the best team Doc Rivers has had since his salad days with the Celtics, when he had Paul Pierce and Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett and those guys. This is the top team he's had, and he, he, he's lucky he hung around. He's like the last of the Mohegans. He, he was hired by Donald Sterling, Doc Rivers, <laughs> and he's still hidden the cracks and still you know, done one enough where he's maintained his job as coach of uh, the Clippers, and he has shown. I mean, one thing about Doc Rivers, he has shown that when he's been given the choice players, he doesn't normally make a bad meal. When you give him the good players there, he normally puts a good product out on the table, and, and most coaches would do that anyway. But the, the only thing that gives me pause here is the dreaded curse of high expectations which I believe you should embrace. I think you should embrace the curse of high expectations. But it has been the downfall of many. And as the NBA gets ready to set sail here on what is going to be a very turbulent very turbulent season with the cloud of China hanging over. The NBA players been being unable Re-fished. to handle fans, heckling them. And you've got this new code of conduct thing, which is guaranteed the first week we're going to see multiple fans kicked Jesus, out of arenas. am I speaking Chinese? Banned for life. It's going to be a uh, poop fest, if you will. And it'll be a lot of bad publicity for the NBA. But I am as excited as I have ever been for an NBA season and uh, I only hope that the Clippers uh, are as good as advertised because it'll be uh, it'll be awesome. So it'll be it'll be great. Yeah, we apologize. We love China. We yeah, love we you love, know playing there. We love China. Absolutely. That's the, that's your face of the NBA. James Harden <laughs> loves China. Yes. All right. It is the Ben Maller Show. We'll take your phone calls. If you'd like to be part, we'll open up a couple lines here. 877-99 on Fox. 877-996-6369. We're also on Twitter, at Ben Maller. That's at Ben Maller. You can be part of the festivities. And what's up, Doc? We'll get to that. We'll do it next. Go Nats, go. Go Nats, go.
1: Go Nats, go. Yeah, go Nats, go. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
6: And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming
1: an Icon.
9: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Now, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maller's Mountain of Money.
8: Lord, that's a lot of money.
1: Do you have what it takes to get to the top? Probably not.
2: Alright, let's do it. Time out for Mallers Mountain Money. It's the Don Johnson edition, but it's really all about the NBA as the season begins. And we welcome in our contestants. We have game show whore Justin in Cincinnati who wants to play. Hello, Justin.
7: How you doing, Ben?
2: You don't really care how I'm doing. Hold on a sec. And who else do we have? We've got Woody in Wisconsin. Hello, Woody.
7: Hey, Ben. How's it going?
2: This guy's a ringer. Justin's a ringer. You able to take him down, Woody? I'm
5: gonna try to.
2: Alright, what do you do for a living, Woody?
5: I deliver newspapers.
2: Alright, you deliver newspapers, Justin delivers bodies. Uh you still doing that by the way, Justin? I don't know. All right. Uh let's uh yes. let's play the game. Justin, who do you want to partner up with, Justin?
7: Oh boy. I guess I'll take uh fentanyl.
2: Wow. All right, Brian. I don't know that Brian even knows how. I'm going to break him in. All right. He knows how. Well, he needs someone to break him in. Ned Flanders. Woody, who do you want to partner up with, Woody? I'll take you, Ben. All right, good job by you. And let's play the game. What are the categories here? Bo, the show, what are
1: the categories? The categories are Miami Vice, Watchmen, A Boy and His Dog, and Eastbound and Down. All
2: right, uh, uh, Justin, which category do you want?
7: Well, we all like to get down, so let's go eastbound and down.
2: Eastbound and down for Justin. And, Woody, which category do you want?
6: Uh,
5: Miami Vice.
2: Miami Vice. All right, very good. Go ahead, Brian. We'll put 45 seconds on the clock. Uh, These are athletes with – wait a minute. No, you're doing the uh, two sports NBA athletes.
5: That's your category. 45 seconds on the clock and go. All right, so this guy scored 100 points in an NBA game. Will Chamberlain. This guy was a quarterback at Florida State. He won the Heisman. He's also, he was also Charlie a New York Knick. Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward, okay. Uh, this is the best basketball player ever. He was on the Bulls. Michael Jordan. This guy, I think he's a GM for the Boston Celtics.
7: Danny Ainge.
5: This guy was part of the Twin Towers with the, the Spurs.
7: Akeem one. No, David Robinson. The other one. Oh. Tim Duncan.
5: He used to be the coach for the Miami Heat. Pat Riley. This guy was a Boston Celtic legend. I think he was a guard. Larry Bird.
2: No, that's not
5: right. You didn't get it right. Another one. Oh, that's all your guess. Oh, I don't oh you
2: didn't get the, hundred. That's that's didn't good, get the 100. He didn't get the 100. That's pretty good. Not really. This guy's a ringer. He's, uh, he's a survivor.
8: That'd quicker. Yeah, you got to be get, quicker.
2: Yeah, well, that's okaly Dokali. All right, let's put 45. Well, how many points is that, Roberto? What was that? 240. 240. All
8: what right. Was that, the, what was the answer to one I missed?
2: John Havlicek stole the ball. Good oh, on okay. that. He couldn't okay. stole the ball. All right, Miami yep. Vice. These are athletes with style, Woody. Athletes with style. Understand? All right. All right, 45 seconds on the clock, and we're on our way. Uh, he was just traded from Oklahoma City to the Rockets. Russell Westbrook. Correct. A teammate of Russell Westbrook in Houston. The Beard. Uh,
8: James, James James Harden.
2: Yes, Sorry. that's correct. A guard, he used to play for the Lakers. Played with Brooklyn. It was traded to Golden State this offseason in the Kevin Durant trade. little guard out of Ohio State.
6: D'Angelo Russell.
2: Yes, good job. Uh, uh, played with the Celtics. Just went to Brooklyn to team up with Kevin Durant. Uh, guard out of... Irvin. yes uh, Irving. Yes. Played, played with Philadelphia. He's now with the Miami Heat. Small forward. Played with Chicago and Minnesota. Uh, uh, pass. Uh, point, point guard for the Clippers. He's now with Oklahoma
7: City. Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> great uh, ball. Jimmy Butler. <laughs>
2: All right, you didn't get Jimmy Butler, and you didn't get Chris Paul, uh, so what is that? Uh, 100. Not, 100 points. All right, that means we get to go again. Woody, so pick either Watchman or a boy and his dog. Uh, Watchman. All right, Watchman. Uh, so these are athletes longing for the glory days. Longing for the glory days. Mitch... Likely means they're washed up or on their way to being washed up. All right, we will put 45 seconds on the clock. Woody in Wisconsin. We're on our way. Go. The king of the NBA for the Lakers. LeBron James. Correct. Uh, Small forward, played with the New York Knicks, the Denver Nuggets. He's a journeyman. Carmelo Anthony. Uh, No, incorrect. Let's pass on that. How about uh, known as Air Canada, still playing, the oldest player in the NBA for the Atlanta Hawks. Vince Carter. Yes. Uh, Now, uh, Syracuse basketball star played for the Nuggets and the Knickerbockers. Correct. Uh, Former Suns and Atlanta Hawks star, small forward. He was in the big three, just released by the Pistons this week. Small forward. Small forward. Uh, All right. Pass. Uh, pass. All right. A white guy, three-point shooter, won a title with the Cavaliers. Mm -hmm. Kyle Corbett. Ah, we'll give him that. All right. No, no, no. Yeah, we're no. giving him that. Shut up, Justin. Two sixty. Two sixty. We got the lead. We got the. We're out of time, and oh, we have right. the lead.
5: No, we're not out of time.
7: Uh. Go quick, family.
5: You're not going to win this, Ben. One minute. All right, we starting? Mm-hmm.
2: No, no. Take it. Take about a minute, and then start. How about that?
5: All right. So this guy just signed an extension with the Boston Celtics.
7: Uh, Jalen Brown.
5: Yes, this guy is going to be suspended early in the season with the Miami Heat.
7: Uh, Deion Waiters.
5: This guy plays for the Heat. He's like seven feet tall.
7: Uh, pass.
5: This guy was a player for Butler. He led them to like two... Gordon Hayward. Yes, this guy is really washed up. He was on the Grizzlies, and he, he was sent down to their G League team, and he didn't want to play for them. He
7: Anthony Bennett? Yeah.
5: He was on the uh, Dallas Mavericks for a while, went to Florida. 22nd,
2: oh, time. Alexander. All right, we're out of time. Mm. Andrew Wiggins. Uh, go doesn't matter. We won. Uh, Woody, you're the people's champ. Uh, Justin's a loser that has no life, that just studies sports trivia. Who wants to hang out with people like that? So I really think yeah. Woody's the winner here. And uh, Finley was terrible giving clues, wasn't he? No. He horrific.